Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Love Podcast. We're so excited that you're spending time with us again. Again, we're so proud of you for taking time to invest in yourself and to grow and to be all that God has called you to be. I have my lovely wife with me again, Rachel. You want to say hey? Hi guys, how you doing? We are so glad to be with you. We love you. Again, we do not take this time lightly. Uh, We believe God has such a massive plan uh, for your life. So no matter where you're at, uh, I really ask that you'll jot down, whether it's on your phone or whatever's best for you, uh, a few things that you feel like, hey, I need to do this because of this time. Let's make it to where there's application and then there's transformation, not just information. So We've been talking a lot about growth uh, this this year so far. We had in uh, we we talked about personal growth plans and words in January. In our, our last podcast, we talked about growing together, uh, which is huge. We we care so much about that. Um, but now, what we want to do is, I want to take some time and think about what kind of atmosphere you, are you creating for people to grow around you? And so especially if you have kids, you really need to zone in. If you lead a team uh, or if you lead a group, if there are people who are watching you to take their cues from how they should grow, you really need to zone in here. And so uh, I, I just want to set this up for us uh, and, and really just ask it this way. What kind of culture are you creating for people to grow in? So what kind of growth culture are you creating? And so you may think, well, hey, Zach, how do I, how do I know what kind of culture, like growth culture, uh, culture I'm creating? Again, whether this is your uh, family, w- again, with your kids, I think it's the most important with your kids. I'm, I mean, work teams are important. I love my, the team I work with, all that stuff, but your family, this is massive for them. So you may think, hey, how, how am I supposed to do this? Well, the way I want you to think about it, how we define it is the way that those people um, think, act, and interact. So when you think about, hey, what kind of culture am I creating? What what can you uh, check? What can you put a little thermostat into, a thermometer into to check the way people are thinking, the way people are acting, or the way that people are interacting? So we'll use our kids and some other examples. So, But Rachel, is there a way that – so uh, act is pretty easy, like – this is how you're acting, mm-hmm. right? And interacting is even, I mean, it, it's, it's like an external manifestation, right? So you can see it. But what about um, how people are thinking? So when we're, when we're developing the kids, when we're making that, that, that very intentional environment for them to grow in, how are we telling what they're, how they're thinking? When it's going away, we don't want it to go. Well, I, I think you have to remember like a culture is like, is the environment. So your culture will, the environment that you, that exists, you'll see different things grow. So uh, like if you're in the desert, you'll see certain plants grow. If you're in a rainforest, you'll see certain plants grow. So when you go into the culture of your business, your small group, your home, you'll see specific things growing. So, for example, with our children, you can, you can see the way somebody thinks by how they act and interact with others. So I have to slow them down, really, and stop and say, hey, I, and just ask the question, hey, what led you to say that? Or, hey, what do you think is causing what you're feeling right now? So if there's a fight over a marker, 
going to make it really simple. This is not real life at all. Mm-hmm. Somebody left the lid off a marker. Somebody's marker is ruined. And now there's this, um, this incredible response where it says, I'm never going to let you use anything that I have ever again. And I say, hey, I'm going to stop the conversation. I'm going to help protect both of you. I'm going to keep, I want to stop you from saying something that you don't mean. And I want to protect this other person from hearing some things that could hurt their heart as much as I can and say, hey, what made us feel, what made you think that you can't ever share anything again? Well, that's the spirit of poverty. If you mess up this, I'm never going to have another marker. And so I can slow down and say, hey, we don't operate, you don't operate out of little, you serve a God of abundance. So we can be generous and we can share even if things don't go the way we wanted to. So it's simple talking to a child, but you can see the same thing happen in your work relationships where you say, hey, I'm just not going to share information with that person anymore because it blew up in my face. Well, hey, that's we operate out of trust. And so we're going to share and be vulnerable. I know it didn't go well this one time, but I want to help make sure the way that you're responding has led me to see that your thinking is, however your thinking didn't birth, didn't grow the exact inter, um, the interpersonal relationship that I wanted to see. Right. And so, again, the, we want to see how people are thinking, acting, and interacting to know if what kind of culture we're building. And again, acting and interacting are a little easier to see but and, and again, I think Ray did a great job there. But what I want to make sure is that if you don't have a humble and patient spirit about you, you'll actually never know what people are thinking. And so a great, a really super simple example. We were at the dinner table last night, and JL, our daughter who's eight, was talking to our son River who's four, and one of them, I think River said that he cheated on his girlfriend. Um, he, he should not have a girlfriend. Right, we've made that very clear. But either way, and so uh, River said he cheated, which and but it was so funny. So Rachel said, "Hey, what does that mean?" It was a, it was so, it was the perfect response. Hey, what does that mean? And so and I think JL was like, "It's where you don't like somebody more, so you break up with them." And it's, but it was just an interesting like it's very you'll. If you don't respond very intentionally, you'll never know how somebody thinks. So dad, my, my dad, who I, one of my heroes, he calls it spotlighting, is when somebody's thinking something and you you want to get information about it, but you just like shine a light on one thing. Like, so if JL and River were talking and River said, I cheated on my girlfriend, and we said, hey, that's wrong. What, what, what did you do? It's spotlighted. He's in the wrong Shame, mm-hmm. guilt, reeling, because they're not even saying they're not even saying what the word actually means, right? Uh, they're confused, and they don't even know they're confused, which is a whole other comical part about making an environment for people to grow. But the question of, hey, what is what, what does that mean? Why do you think that? Um, but that question, hey, why do you think that? But it takes a real a real measure of patience and a real desire for people to grow to slow down to be able to do that. But so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about four really categories, four levels of growth of the culture that you can create. And so we're going to start the lowest and we're going to work our way up. So, Rachel, what is that lowest form of like if the culture that we're creating? What's the lowest form of culture? 
Uh, it's a complacent culture. And so that complacent culture, really, you're just, you're resting on success. There's no drive. It's not like you're trying to utilize any processes. You haven't set in, there's no space and no place. You don't have a word for the year. You're just, you're coasting, resting on the status quo of what everything, of what everybody else is doing and just maintaining. Right. And, and I would say, you know, Again, the, the definition that we had talked about was resting on success. But what I would say is that another way to look at that is uh, assumed success or assume that everything's okay. And so, but we just, we know like the flow of the world is really, if you're a believer, it's in opposition. And so like the, the flow of finances, I mean, is, you can look by national average, the flow of finances is debt. Mm-hmm. Um, the flow of marriage is divorce. The flow of purity is not right. So like the, there's a flow going against like how God calls to live certain ways. And so when we talk about the lowest form of culture, you can build is complacent. And I would say that this is what happens by default. And so it is surviving instead of thriving. It is not, there's, there's no potential. There's no purpose being reached. So, uh, just to ask yourself, Hey, and do, am I building a complacent culture? And so the way that I, I would just start that, you know, again, going back to the measurements we're going to use, the way people think, act, and interact, do you have any input in that? Do you have any conversation about that? Do you have any pursuit of that? Again, if we're talking about a team you're leading at work, like it is, are there guardrails for how people think, act, and interact? If there's not, then you probably have a complacent culture. You know, and then what we, unfortunately, what we tend to do is when you have a complacent culture, you tend to blame. But if you're the leader, then this is a big deal. So first, everybody's the leader themselves. You have to lead yourself first. Do you, when it comes to your growth, do you have, again, that's why we talk about having a, a word, a verse, a growth plan, uh, those, those things, is because that gives you at least one step out of complacency, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One step out of just assuming that I'm going to end up where I want to get, which virtually never happens. Um, but I, I think that's a big one. Hey, Rach, what are some ways that, um, like in, in the home, that it, it could be with us, it could be as as you you know help mentor families. But what is probably like the most common place that we see complacency in in homes instead of a growth culture that we want to have? I see the most complacency in homes when it comes to spiritual development. So having a home that is, is that kind of what you're getting at? Mm-hmm. I, I really, there is, it is, it really is by default. So there's, we are, it, we're super intentional and I watch, um, you know, my, uh, Zach's brother and um, our sister-in-law, Joy and Micah. Uh, Joy is super intentional um, in putting the word into her children, you know. And I can see families, the difference in conversations because they've, they're they intentional to make sure I'm shaping the way that you think about this so that as your feelings will follow su- suit, your actions will follow suit. But most families 
are, we are so busy. I mean, I was out the door at seven o'clock this morning, kids dressed, everybody fed, and we're, we're booking it until we get home tonight at 6.30 where I'll feed everybody, they'll take a shower, and you know, you'll do Bible time and they'll go to bed. If we haven't created intentional conversations and spaces and times where we shape the way that they think about God and about others, um, well, we won't see any development there. And so we have a generation, an un, unpar- underparented, undiscipled generation coming really like most of a lot of our peers um, and then those coming up after us because there's been no spiritual development. And so we're, uh, I'm not seeing any growth there on their own. They're not leading themselves in it, certainly. And they haven't been taught how to help somebody else do the same. Right. And so... To make it really practical, again, Rachel's, which I would agree, the biggest place we see not like like a, a growth culture being built is in, in the spiritual factors of mm-hmm. the family. But I would say, and Rachel referenced it there, is I would say that we don't take advantage of natural transition points. So mealtime, like if we're not careful, all meals be eaten in front of the TV, watch it. I get that. I love turning my brain off and eating at the same time. That's like euphoric. It's amazing. But taking advantage of natural transition time. So I would say the ones I take the most advantage with before I leave, you know, with whoever's awake. But the real big ones, it would be dinner. We ask a couple questions every time at dinner. What was the best part of your day? What was the most challenging part? That kind of deal. But then my, my big one that I, I get with the kids is, um, is Bible time before we go to bed, mm-hmm. which we're going to build on this at, at the next level. Well, uh, and mine is car time. Because that's the most, I'm, I spend a lot of time with the kids in the car. So I have a book like in Carline right. that we use to ask questions. So we are dialoguing about um, the questions about who God is and, and their purpose and right. what God has for them. And so I, w- I would just say like, what what's what's my first step out of a complacent culture? Yeah. Pick at least one area where you're going to take full advantage of that transition time. And so again, and there's tons of resources, like you said, there's a book, Rachel references you use it in the car, like in, in the car line. I use the Version Bible experience for to do Bible time at night, that and the kids' Bible app, uh, both Version. But those are things that I use. But again, though that's not enough, but that is a first, that is, a, oh, well, sorry, not that's not enough. There is more, which we're actually going to build on that. And, and it doesn't have to be spiritual. Maybe you've got some really great spiritual things happening in your home, but you're not breeding healthy relationships or and or communication. And so those the, you may have the you may have some of the spiritual things that you want, but you may not have the relational or work ethic things that you want coming out of the environments that you're in. So you can do the same thing. Hey, I'm going to take advantage of transition points and focus on whatever it is you want to see growing in the culture you're creating. Right. And so that first level uh, that we want to start building from is complacent. And then the next one that we would say is compliant. Uh, So we have complacent and then compliant. And compliant is um, just following the rules. That's just following the rules. And so, and as you build your way out of complacent and you start to do things like taking advantage of transition times, what's in the car or bedtime, or again, it, do your weekly meeting as, as, a, as a team, whatever it might be, taking advantage that it, it could, if you're not careful, that could be all it is. So all it is is playing a video from like the version kids Bible thing if you're talking about your kids or having an agenda for the meeting, like just going from complacent 
too compliant it, having having these things, but there there is more to it. And so let's use the example that you have with uh, with the book in the car. So there's a difference between there's a difference between just reading it and having them repeat it, but then really putting yourself into it. And so I'm, I'm wanting to help people figure out, okay, I put these things in place. I am compliant with it, but starting to go to the next level. And again, j- just for time's sake, we know the things that may force us into compliance is just we're, we're tired. You know, at least I'm doing this. But what what is it that helps you push past and make the most of those? So you have things you comply with. What what inspires you? What pushes you to make the most out of those? Like that pushes past compliance. What 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 drives you to again give your absolute best to something that seems mediocre or trivial? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm not promised tomorrow. I I I have today, and this is the gift that God's given me today. And so, if I don't choose to wring every opportunity out of what God's given me today, I'm, I may not have tomorrow mm-hmm. to have that conversation. I may not have the opportunity to inspire and encourage. So if uh, really it is a perspective of, I, I believe God has plans to prosper and not to harm me, plans for a hope and a future, but I also know that I am human and that if I'm banking on something that hasn't happened yet, I'm, I'm operating at a deficit. So especially with our children, we just assume, well, I'll just do it tomorrow or, you know, it's not that big a deal. They're little. But the reality is every day is one less day that they're with you. And the older they get, the less influence you have. You're really moving from instructional and helping them shape to a peer role. So I don't want to waste or despise the season I'm in. I want to to get the most out of it that I can. And when I choose to do that, it helps me. I get better. I am more satisfied and fulfilled when I'm helping other people go beyond just the agenda at the meeting, going beyond just reading the book and asking the questions. Right. That's so good. It it really is. It's it's really comes down to intentionality and you know Rachel said you know we're not promised tomorrow which is so true and that and that that's the mindset we need to live with to give it to you another way as well is to really think that these moments again going back to the measurements we said these moments will affect how the people that you're leading again kids team group they are going to affect how people think act and interact and you look at quality of life Quality of life really does come down to those things in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. How do I think? How do I act? How do I interact with other people? And so each one of these these moments really has a compounding effect. And so we really want we really want you as the leader in whatever situation you're in, you as the catalyst for growth, for you to go beyond um, compliant to the next level. Babe, what's that next level? So we want to move to a place with a committed culture. And this is when we're starting to see production. So we're not just, uh, you know, going by, okay, I have a space and a place. I've got my word, but now we're seeing fruit. That next one is commitment. And so for you, as you're, as somebody who's creating this space for commitment, and again, Rachel used the word production, but what, and again, this, this goes to you. If you have people that you're leading, uh, I want to encourage you to really know where you want them to go. I would say that if you don't know where you're taking somebody, you're not really leading them. And so like 
again, our kids, we have words and verses for our kids. And JL was old enough this year to do her own word, uh, which is light, you know, and then Rivers four. And so we gave him one. And I've been praying self-control over valor uh, because he's a wild man and his emotions really do seem so big. And so, but again, so I'm leading them. And so if they are not in a place to give me where they want to go, then I give them where I feel like, hey, this is where we need to go. And so the reason that I say that is because if you don't have somewhere you believe that you're leading these people, then like production or moving forward is going to be impossible. We're, you know, because we want more than behavior modification. We don't just want people to act a certain way. And that, that'll get into the last you know, level the last culture that we want to build. Well, hey, and just a note so that you can think about, well, hey, some of those sound similar, that compliant and committed. I'm doing the same actions. Uh, Think about the difference in uh, your thought process. When you're in a compliant culture, you're, you're operating by processes, you've got procedures, you have, you have boundaries in place to help you create those moments. But it's more about just avoiding mistakes. It's just about making sure I'm doing, I'm just doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And when you're in a committed space, then you're seeing people set goals. So when Zach was saying, Hey, I want to know where we're going. So what goals do you have for the people that are in your circle of influence? Right. And again, that this is, this is huge. And again, the, you talk about, Hey, how do I know if people are committed? Well, how are they thinking? How are they acting and how are they interacting? You know, and again, those, those are just things that we'll go back to and we'll look at to see, hey, are, are people committed to this? Just an example, uh, River's word is bold. And so we want River to be bold. River is so kind and he's so sweet, but because he, he is that way, he gets feelings hurt so fast and, and then he can just be timid mm-hmm. to jump out and to do stuff. And, and so our deal for him is we want him to be bold. And so, again, part of being committed is knowing where you want them to go. I bring that up to say with River, you know, we can tell by how he's interacting to opportunities. We can tell how his self-talk looks like. Um, and so there, there are ways to look and see, hey, are we heading towards commitment? And we're doing that by, hey, how are they thinking? How are they acting? How are they interacting? How are they doing that? But, again, the, the note for the leader, for somebody who's creating an environment for growth the, the, the number one is knowing where you want to lead the people. Again, if, you're, if, you're not, if you don't know where you're going, you're not really leading them. And so knowing where you want them to go and then garnering their commitment to get there. And again, if you, if you listen to the last podcast, we talked about being dream managers. We talked about those things. But this, this right here is essential if you want to lead anybody anywhere. Where are you taking them? And then cast a vision for what it's going to be like when they get there. You know, that, that's, what, that's what's going to get this commitment. A lot of times as a leader, whether that's a parent or a leader of a team, uh, a lot of time you have to help paint the preferred future that this person is living, leading, and, and, and going towards. And so, again, I'm, I'm just trying to help paint a picture for what a committed, a committed culture to growth looks like. When it requires a level of presence that most of us are unwilling to be selfless enough to um, see manifest. 
you have to be present. You have to have proximity with your people. So you're talking about your kids. Like you have to be around them enough to recognize those patterns of behavior so of how they're acting and how they're interacting so that you can start in mining what they're thinking. That goes for your teams as well. Like if you're sitting, you know, for lack of a better term, you might think about your boss just sits in an ivory tower and just tells you what to do and then you have to deal with it. Well, if you could help create some proximity, they might see that the culture that they want isn't the culture that exists. So just remember, if you're wanting to help somebody take their next steps, grow, you want this committed culture, you have to be willing to have proximity and be present so that and have enough space that you can slow down and mine that those thoughts and watch those actions and interactions that are happening. That's right. And so again, we, we want to honor your time, but we we've talked through uh, uh, complacent, um, compliant committed. And then the last one is courageous, courageous. And again, some of the, some of the, um, with some of the kind of the outflows of the way people think, act, or interact with, uh, with complacent, you know, people are just trying to survive. They're just trying to make it so thrive with compliant. They're just trying to follow whatever rules, you know, it's out. You wouldn't say a lot of passion to it. They're just trying to follow these rules committed. They're starting to be some life to it. Some, some, visions, some uh, some dreaming towards what could happen in this growth. Where am I going? And this next one is courageous. And what's so special about courageous is that it brings purpose. And really what the, the goal, the desire is whenever you're creating a growth environment, again, for your family, for a team, is that you would, you would help people grow into purpose-driven individuals purpose-driven people. This is how we'll see really a, a big change in our world is whenever we can help grow, create, and multiply uh, purpose-driven people on teams and families. And so, Rach, what are some things you feel like we do at our house that helps foster a foster a courageous growth environment, but foster purpose in ourselves and our kids? It's a part of daily conversation, So, I mean, like even today, I asked River, hey, what are you most excited about today? So in the car, I'm dropping him off um, at school. What are you most excited about today? I'm excited about being at school. Why are you excited about being at school? Well, because I wasn't with my friends. Oh, so you want to, and I help articulate what he is unable to, or maybe articulate the way I want him to think. Um, Hey, you're excited to be with people. Yes. Hey, what do we do when we're with people? We we love people. We do. Hey, how can we love our teacher today? How can we love our friend today? And, you know, he's very clear he will not kiss the girl in his class. Mm. That is a part of the conversation. Yes, that is not how we're going to love them. But really like, hey, it's about more than just receiving, receiving for us in our home. It's important that we're helping people love God, love people, discover their purpose, and win their world. And so we teach our children like that purpose, that is so important. And so we say it, hey, what are we going to do today? We're going to love God. We're going to love people. We're going to discover our purpose. We're going to win the world. And they know that. It's normal conversation in our house, which sounds weird, but we're weirdos. Mm -hmm. And that difference causes River to have thoughts that influence the way he acts and interacts with others. Right. And so, again, I, I, I want to just, if 
put it in different language. What Rachel said is amazing. But as, as your people are growing, as the people that you are fostering this culture of growth with, would you say that the way they think, act, or interact, is it courageous? Is, is it where it's full of purpose? Is it where it's forward moving? And so painting that picture for them. And then I want to give you one other practical thing that, that I'll do. Uh, obviously, Rachel, it's great having those conversations, helping them articulate it. But one of the things, one of the transition points in our, our home uh, is bedtime. And so after Bible time, when I put them to bed, I really do. I, I, I have a hold of their face or I, I, hold, I hold JL now. Uh, River after grab his face, make sure he's paying attention. Uh, but I speak, I try to speak all the words of life over him that I can. And so for JL, I'll hold her and almost every night I'll say, baby, I'm so glad you're my daughter. I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You're powerful. You're smart. You're beautiful. Uh, you, you have self-control. You're humble. And so like, I'll go through these until I run out of things to say. Um, and I always, I always end, not right now, end with their word. Hey, you are the light. Remember, like you are the light. God, God sets you apart for this. And so, again, like that, that courageous example, um, and, but also that courageous life spoken into them, I, I think is huge. And so the big thing I want to make sure, and Rachel, I'll have you uh, say, you know, just something briefly about this, but I feel like the biggest thing holding us back from creating a, a growth culture uh, that I think the biggest thing that keeps us in complacency or compliance is shame. Is mm-hmm. shame that we can't do it, shame that we're not good enough. And uh, shame just isn't from God. And I know it's a real passion for uh, Rachel. So, what would you say to people who want to see this manifest? They want a courageous culture, they want a forward moving culture with, again, with their family, with their kids, with their staff team, whatever it might be. How, what would you tell them? Uh, in in the ways of overcoming shame so that we can move forward? So shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So if you are, you might be like me and I was trapped in this cycle where I would just like self-punish. So I would make this wrong decision and I wouldn't do something and I'll put that in quotes perfect or what I should have done and I would think about it all day long you you could have done that you should have done that and so what I would remind you of if you find yourself in that place thinking about your home or your team and you are just you are overwhelmed by shame that um, that's a spirit that you can literally you can rebuke that and you can be delivered of it and the first step is recognizing it And so calling it out for what it is. So if you're feeling shame, especially when it comes to creating a space where people are going to grow, then you need to say, hey, I have, I feel shame over this, that what I have done or should have done or didn't even know I could do. And then take it before the Lord. Tell the Holy Spirit, I I am experiencing this and I know that that's not what you've called me to, that that's not what you have for me. Nowhere in the word do I read, I have a spirit of shame for you. That's not what God says. And so what we need to do is do the own our own personal work so that we can operate not out of shame and insecurity, but out of life, 
abundantly and joy um, so we can operate in that strength that God's given us. So the first step is calling it out. And the second step is taking it before the Lord. And then I would even, um, and share that maybe with somebody, a mentor, somebody on your prayer team in your small group say, Hey, I've experienced this and I don't want to operate out of that anymore. Will you pray with me? Will you encourage me? Will you hold me accountable when I start speaking things over myself or you hear it in the way I'm talking about something else and and allow for me to walk help me walk in victory. Yeah. And so we we uh, we are at at time. I just realized I'm so sorry, but we just want you to know we believe in you. And you really can. You can create a growth culture in your home, uh, on your team, uh, again for yourself. And we just want to encourage you to watch how do people think, how do people interact, or how do people act, how do people interact? And we just believe that you can create a courageous culture. And so again, we love you, we're proud of you, and we hope you have an amazing day. And again, congratulations for developing yourself. We'll see you next time.